North South Connection podcast family. Welcome back to another episode of Viewer's Choice here live and direct on the North South Connection. Uh, it's been a long time. I don't know if I remember how to do this, what to do with my hands, but I am Tim, joined as always with my good close personal friend and the co-host of WWE War here on the North South Connection, Marcus. Marcus, how are you? It's been a long time coming and the table's turned around. That's right. That's One right. of us is going. Nobody's going down. Oh. There's a lot of action that went down. Oh. On uh, AEW's latest pay-per-view, Revolution. Uh, if it is your first time listening to us here on the North-South Connection, thank you so much for giving us a listen. Be sure to subscribe to the network and check out so many other uh, podcasts of evergreen topics up and down the world of uh, wrestling and some pop cultural stuff as well. But what we do here is we take a look at every WWE, AEW, and NXT pay-per-view and we let you know what's must-watch, what's must-skip, and who the MVP of the night is. Uh, I know it's been a while, but uh, Marcus, what is the card that we saw live from Orlando, Florida for this latest offering? Absolutely. So real quick on the buy-in, we had legit Layla Hirsch defeating Chris Statlander, we had Hook defeating QT Marshall, and we had the House of Black defeating two-thirds of the Death Triangle and Eric the Redbeard. I added the duh. He's just Eric Redbeard. But I Everything's thought, the duh. I thought Eric the Redbeard. Is he SummerSlam? Is he SummerSlam now? Mr. The SummerSlam. Mr. The, Mr. the SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, kicking off the show, live from Orlando, Florida, we had Eddie Kingston defeating Chris Jericho. We had Jurassic Express uh, defeating Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, uh, retaining the AEW World Tag Team titles. We had Wardlow uh, defeating Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Stocks and Christian Cage to become the face of the revolution in the uh, that fancy ladder match. Jay Cargo retains the AW TBS championship over Tay Conte. CM Punk defeats MJF in the dog collar match. Dr. Britt Baker DMD defeats Thunder Rosa retaining the AW Women's World Championship. John Moxley defeats Brian Danielson by pinfall. Uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting defeat Andrade, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy. And in our main event of the evening, Hangman Adam Page successfully retains the AW World Championship by defeating Adam Halo Cole Baby. That's right. You know, uh, he, he has fully become everything that NXT 1.0 was. Uh, leg slaps, video game references, and of course, Adam Cole. Cosplay attire. That's right. Not just a reference. It's full on cosplay. Thought it was John Gargano for a second. You know, it could have been. It very well could have been. You know, in a couple of weeks, we might see a John Gargano is all elite, but it had to be with like Quill Gargano and Candace. Well, Candace is still under contract, but that's either here nor there. Um, Forgot she was. Bef yeah. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the show, um, I kind of alluded to it with my last statement, but AEW has acquired two new talents for the AEW roster, as in the middle of the show, Tony Schiavone 
uh, introduced the latest wrestling signee yeah. in Swerve Strickland. Big one, yep. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Um, Can't wait to see how people say AEW is not ready for a black champion yet because now we've had free agents that are black of every single type. We've had homegrown talent with Powerhouse Hobbs. We've had acquired big man Keith Lee. And now we have acquired that kind of... Um, finesse indie style um of the modern generation with swerve stick uh swerve strickland um main event player um hope he's positioned as such because uh i think of all the aw pay-per-view debuts that we've had i mean this one's this one's towards the tops he had presence he had style he had finesse uh, he had everything you're looking for in a major player. Would Would you take away? I absolutely love it. You know me. I'm very I'm very very pro black wrestlers. That's right. Uh, that that white guilt is is thick <laughs> in me, but it's okay. Like I understand it and I appreciate it in the world of wrestling. But honestly, uh, Swerve was a fantastic uh, piece for uh, NXT when he was there. Um, unfortunately did not have the opportunity there's that word again um, to showcase his talents with Hit Row on Smackdown before their legs got cut from underneath of him but now the realist Swerve Strickland is going to be in AEW it's only a matter of time Um, but you also have to think too other black talents that are there um, they recently signed Jay Lethal Mm -hmm. Um, they still have so many other Black talents that we saw today with Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn and Ricky Stocks, Ricky Stocks, and um, the list goes on and on for for that side. And of course, um, the person who's going to be facing Sammy Guevara uh, this coming up week on Dynamite, Scorpio Sky, uh, a homegrown talent, probably like the first real chance AEW had at a mm-hmm. a breakout black star. That they kind of... So uh, desperately need, yeah. And they stifled. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but following up on that, the shocker of all shockers, which can get us into what I think is our first yeah. must-see match. Let's talk about it, baby. John Moxley and the American Dragon Daniel Bryan Danielson went toe-to-toe. As advertised. Uh, John Moxley said to me, said to him before the show... Or before leading up to the pay-per-view, which I'm sure you heard about on You Know What That Means here on the North-South Connection. Uh, I don't fight with anybody that doesn't bleed with me. Mm-hmm. Well, Daniel Bryan said, sorry, Bryan Danielson said, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> and uh, they went to war. They they went at it uh, tooth and nail. Um, I wouldn't say fluky. Fluky's not the right word. Um, crafty finish. Mm-hmm. Um, with the flip counter into the triangle, or out of the triangle. I know that that's very difficult to do. Uh, the only other time I really have ever seen that finish, and even then it was really weird too, was that No Way Out match with Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. Yeah, I think so. Where Kurt had Undertaker in a triangle. Or, or uh, Kurt, yeah, uh, Undertaker, Undertaker, Undertaker Kurt, yeah. in the uh, Hell's Gate, and Kurt Angle flipped it on him and stacked him up. And I think the only reason that worked was because Undertaker's like 6'10 yeah. and Kurt Angle's like 6'0. But um, when the big man's going up and over, it's a little, it can be a little weird. But either way, that's not, that's not to take away from the match. The Two match pros was, of pros. Uh, I think we t- you mentioned it beforehand 
in conversations in text messages y'all ain't privy to unless y'all pay us let us know we'll give you the paypal um but you know in a different life if you had told us you know john moxley's gonna face daniel bryan We'd been like, okay, that was a fun match. Or Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose, gonna, sorry. going to face Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Dean, Dean Ambrose versus Daniel Bryan. You know, that's going to be a fun match. It's going to be a good match. But for some reason, John Moxley has eaten the corpse of Dean Ambrose. Brian Danielson has eaten the corpse of Brian, Daniel Bryan. These are completely different animals and yet the same beast. Mm-hmm. What the heck does that even mean, Kobe Bryant? And... We got a barn burner here. Just the the violent style, the physical style that AEW is now kind of coined as violence with both uh, John and Brian was on display full stop. And definitely go out of your way to see that match. Without question, it was as advertised. It was everything you'd hope it'd be. You got a little bit of wrestling in there. You got some slams. You got some really uh, hard and precise strikes. You got blood. Um, and I mean, you know, spoiler alert. Let's go ahead and just get to the get to the ending. You talked about uh, Brian getting stacked up, but uh, this match kind of ran parallel a bit with my other uh, favorite match of the evening, which we can talk about next. Um, and I was afraid, how are they going to differentiate between these two matches? And um, we didn't get something in the first match so that we could turn around and get it on the back end uh, in this other match here. And it led us to a handshake standoff between uh, Danielson and Moxley. They start going to blows. And wouldn't you know it, who comes out to him? It's initiated by Sir William Regal. Uh <laughs> Coming out, and he's not—he's not here just to like play along. No, like he's getting in John in Moxley's face, telling him to calm down. John's getting mouthy. So what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. And he slapped the piss out of uh, John Moxley. Oh, sure he just did. got all in his neck, face region, and then little little headbutt for good measure <laughs> yeah. to even get the the blood on him and the symbol symbolization of like. You bleed with me. Yeah. So he, yeah. he, even though it wasn't his blood, is like, I'll get some blood on my hands on this. And of course, the the snickering uh, Danielson Danielson thinks he's off without a hook or off the hook. Bap! He gets one too. And uh, of course, the the great mediator himself, William Regal. Uh, he's known to handle a few explosive personalities inside and outside of the ring and for the purposes of this storyline this makes sense for the mm-hmm. purposes of AEW this makes total sense especially with the latest news that Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor I know we're probably the last podcast that, <laughs> uh, the official last podcast that has made mention of the acquisition of Ring of Honor that's not for us listen to if you uh, if uh, you, you know, know what that, that means, means yeah. to get the full skinny on that um, but the other match you talked about that is your must-watch, I'm guessing, goes back to the opener. The opener. Eddie <gasps> uh, <Yikes>. in. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, Chris Jericho. This is Chris Jericho's best outing in AEW in a singles capacity. I have no problem saying that with my full chest. 
uh, Eddie Kingston's going to bring it to you, and uh, you better keep up and keep your hands up. Chris Jericho did on this night. Um, you know, you can say what you want to about Chris Jericho the last couple of years, um, but tonight he was as good once as he ever was, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he ran back the clock. I yeah. think he did. Um, especially since, and I know that there's friends of ours on our our other podcast network that we do Final Wrestling Place on, which is coming back in the first week of April um, for, for more fun and games there. Um, we have friends over at the soon-to-be-named network that uh, have uh, ill will towards uh, Chris Jericho for not knowing how to roll in a star-making performance. Uh, for Orange Cassidy that we'll never see on TV again. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Chris Jericho just didn't know. It's lost in the mail. Lost in the mail. Uh, <laughs> scrubbed. It's Tom McGee. It's just gone. <laughs> Nobody knows where the tape is. Uh, somehow Bret Hart will have it, and we'll just go from there. Um, instead, Orange Cassidy's star-making performance will be throwing Chris Jericho into a giant mimosa. How fitting. Um but in this star-making performance, King comes out smelling like a million, bu- or comes out smelling like a rose, looking like a million dollars, and he's doing something that he doesn't do, especially in AEW. Win, right? Actually, come out on top. Yes. Um, Eddie Kingston has been the king of making the most with the least. Mm-hmm. Um, being on losing effort after losing effort after losing effort and then somehow still being able to catapult himself farther mm-hmm. in losing efforts than most people can in winning efforts. Yep. Um, I know as soon as King came out, the uh, you could tell the difference between the, the just the match, the Styles Clash was very present in even in the very beginning stages of the match with Jericho, pomp and circumstance, sing and dance right. to Judas. Entertainment. And then King is like getting naked, beeline into the <laughs> ring. He's kissing the rosary before he even, like, he's like at the bottom of the ramp kissing the rosary, and he is in the ring, ready to go, boots laced at seven. Right, yeah. Just ready to go, ding, ding, ding. And then Jericho gets dumped on his head with my favorite move the half and half he wasn't ready he was not ready and that set the pace it set the tone for the entire rest of the match yeah incredible match um hard hitting you get you're going to get lots of uh head dumps if that's your thing um both jericho and kingston on the giving and receiving end it's a different chris jericho match than what you're used to seeing um it's probably the type of match that he thinks he has where he's like this big bruiser. Uh, you know, he's not big in there with Eddie Kingston, but uh, you got to fight. You got to fight when Eddie Kingston's across from you and Jericho does. And that said, Eddie Kingston is in there with the first ever undisputed champion, the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in back-to-back matches on the same night. Um, a ton of other accomplishments of Chris Jericho. Beat the Undertaker after suffering third degree burns, <laughs> you know. That that as well. Lived to tell the tale by putting putting the Undertaker roasted, toasted, and burnt to a crisp in the in the walls of Jericho, and just knowing that he's going to get a receipt in the backstage area after that elimination chamber. Him, that, the man the who punched Shawn Michaels' wife in the face. Right in the kiss of pal. Right in the kiss of. 
Um, Eddie Kingston, I say all that to say Eddie Kingston did not look out of place for a second. No. Eddie King. Kingston is a superstar. And I know you said star-making performance, you know, but Eddie Kingston is already a star in AEW. And yes. But this does, this does like, okay, Eddie Kingston is a big boy. Eddie Kingston can hang with the big boys. Eddie Kingston won the big one as Chris Jericho has uh, termed the match and himself. Right. And now, with the um, the disbursement of the inner circle, now with Santana and Ortiz not so loosely aligned with Eddie Kingston, um, Guevara is off doing his own thing, and Hager... Who gives a crap about MMA Jake Hager? Um, Jim yeah. Ross does. He, he's been hitting the drive through candy dispensary. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it, it's like where does this leave Chris Jericho, and that gives us to the gets us to the post match where Jericho told Kingston on TV, "If you beat me, I'll shake your hand. You'll have my respect. And he'll tell you that you're the better man, right. that you're set for greatness." And Jericho just can't do it. Now, I want to clarify when I was saying all the star making performances. There's a big difference between the fans who watch AEW, mm. who watch the product. Um, we know who Eddie Kingston is, right. so we know what the War King, the Mad King, is capable of. But a victory over Chris Jericho on pay per view to the casual eye, people still know who Chris Jericho is, yeah. and they're gonna see Eddie Kingston beating Chris Jericho, and what that entails, that ramp up. It's gonna be interesting to see the rocket ship. How how fast and how far it takes off. I mean, of course, not the not the toot the horn Eddie Kingston, but that prototype of the Eddie Kingston figure comes out. That's right. Then the same weekend he beats Chris Jericho. The hashtag work, Joe. Hey man, we did it, Joe. Do it. Who's next? <laughs> we did it, Joe. We did it. Um, is there anything else that you would say is must watch? There's one other match for me. I think that is must watch. Um. I mean, yeah, um, it, it's must-watch if only for... Uh, I'm not even talking about that one. See, see there, is, there is a spot in a match that is must-watch, but I don't think the match itself is must-watch. You mean the entrance? I'm talking about the six-man tag. Oh, uh, okay, I thought we were maybe talking Sorry. about the... <laughs> not that one. Uh, Sting does an insane New Jack-style dive <laughs> <laughs> in the six-man tag. I know that violates... Uh, the terms and conditions of the podcast, but, um, you know, Sting does a super dope dive. If it's not, you will see it just, you know, type in Sting on Twitter or whatever. It's going to be the main thing. So, um, I'll say, you know, must, you know, skip for that, but definitely go out and must find the clip of Sting doing the dive. And bonus points to you. If you're a listener here on the North South Connection and you're any sort of good with uh, video and audio editing, um, I might send you one whole American dollar if you can set that clip to natural born oh, kills. Out. Oh, it is. Twitter has already done this thing. Never mind, you're late. <laughs> Never mind. Don't worry about it. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah, do better than that. Uh, the spot of the night for me actually goes to. I think that's something we should incorporate for 2022. Spot of the night. Spot of the night. Okay. Spot of the night. You know, a spot of tea, if, if you will. Okay. Um, it comes from the face of the revolution ladder match. Oh, okay. Uh, OC. Channeling his inner Terry Funk, going Whirly Bird style, helicopter in, taking everybody out. Uh, Wardlow catches one side and Keith Lee catches another. They gorilla press the ladder up over their head. OC is still hanging on high school gym style, reverse grip on the edge of the ladder. He skins the cat and gets up on the ladder like it's scaffolding, reaching for the sonic brass ring on the top. 
All of a sudden, they jostle the ladder, and he hickory nut crunches himself, and just he screams. He's looking right into the camera. No, <laughs> no. So uh, that was a creative spot. There was a lot of creativity um, showcased throughout the match, or throughout not throughout the match, but throughout the entirety of the show. I mean, yeah. The the tri- the sick the the uh, triple threat la- uh, tag Ta- team title yeah. match. Um, the innovation from Jungle Boy. Um, the creativity, no matter what you say about the Young Bucks, they are absolutely on the top of their game, creative-wise. They are the kings of, of high-spot porn. Mm-hmm. Um, they do one thing, and they skate to one song and one song only. And that is Lady Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. And they give it to you. They absolutely bring it. And fantastic night of, of, of shows, or fantastic night of, of matches, wonderful pay-per-view. Is there anything on the card that's must skip? Oh man, uh, I hate to do it to him. Um, maybe it's because there's going to be a rematch in two weeks. Um, but I thought Thunder Rosa, Doctor Britt Baker, not their best effort. Um, not their best showing. Excuse me. Um, I would say that one's a fair must skip, and that one clocks in at 17 minutes. A lot of these matches tonight got time, but um, especially given the time that they were given, um, being later on in the card, um, just just not happening for me, dog. That's a no for me, dog. Yeah, I tend to agree, and you know, I might be super super critical about this one, and this is just me personally. The only thing for me that might make this must-watch is the spectacle of it all. But for the most part, CM Punk and MJF, the dog collar match, it's cool to watch because it's a dog collar match and we don't get a lot of those in wrestling, period. Mm -hmm. Dog collar matches are extremely hard to do. Like, there's a reason why the standard is still... From 1983. <laughs> Piper versus Patterson. Like, uh, or Valentine. Valentine, yeah. sorry. Piper Valentine. There's a reason why that is still the gold standard of the dog collar match. Um, don't get me wrong. It was fantastic. For me, that match was over when CM Punk came out to AFI. Yeah, and that's not... To- be like oh then the bell rang because like they do good work in the match it's, itself it is, it's just it's good it's just they incorporated for for me for at least my taste the chain is violence enough i agree i don't need thumbtacks i don't need extra stuff the stuff with wardlow was cute was good mm. yeah it was was perfect um i feel like they could have they could have saved the tax spot because this is obviously going to go to a rubber match. There's going to be a third. It double all a double or nothing in Vegas. Um, what if it's the dynamite diamond ring on a pole or whatever kind of garbage, bro? And I just don't think that the the tax were necessarily needed. It it, it seemed like a. It was an and one, yeah. something on top of that wasn't necessarily needed. And I think it it pulled away from the actual... 
it was bacon on top of my cupcake, you know, like, hey, it might be for you, but for me, the cupcake and the frosting is enough, and I don't want nothing else. That's right, just like, that's just how I feel, though. I love cupcakes. I love bacon. I don't necessarily need bacon on my cupcake. Like, yeah. that's that's neither here nor there. Or chocolate-covered bacon. That's not, yeah. That's Some people are into it, and if you're into it, good for you. Don't want to yuck on your yum. Um, is there anything else that's must miss? Um, not to say that like something that stood out to you is like not worth your time. I would say the oh man, you're gonna get me all sorts of heat. Um, see, the, and the, I, the, the TBS Championship. See, to me, that match was short enough. What it, it let it barely went ten minutes, right? Uh, Six fifty is the official match time, according to and the. That's perfect for Hot Goldberg. That's perfect for Jade Cargill. Cargill, I think the the problem with the match, unfortunately, was Ty Conti. Not because they had a bad match or they had bad chemistry. I don't think that now was the time for Ty Conti to be the challenger yeah. to Jade. Um, I feel like that story, while they did progress it, is progress it pretty well on television. For it to be Jade's first pay per view title defense, um, to go twenty nine and zero in I, AEW, I just think it's a weird fit with Jade because like they're clearly kind of playing into the the rookie sensation playing off of Goldberg. One hundred percent. Hashtag hot Goldberg. That's all good. But Goldberg went in there and ate people up. And he didn't have a meaningful match until he won the U.S. title from Raven, really. That was his first elaborate match that really, you know, got out of the gates. And he has a couple here and there, but he keeps it pretty simple until Hall and Hogan, where he wins the world title. Um, Jay Carter, I mean, he, her match count is right there. You know, she she still has less than 30 matches in AEW. He's just less than 30. She has 30 matches Period. So, like, we yeah. saw her first match ever it's in, it's with Shaq. So, um, I, I don't like her having these competitive matches um, where she has to basically be 50 50 with, with other women. Like, if you're going to go Goldberg, go Goldberg. Go full Goldberg. Yes. Hashtag full hot Goldberg. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I don't want to see her out here having these 50-50 matches and uh, her working super hard and, you know, escaping by the skin of her teeth because, you know, she hit her move at the end. That's not what I want to see. Like, give her five moves that absolutely crush people and and keep it at that and keep these matches at sub two and a half minutes. Especially since they're already doing the Goldberg thing on the men's side of the roster with yes. Wardlow. It is not that far of a stretch to just allow for Jade Cargill to do the same thing. Yeah. Now, Wardlow can be having these somewhat more competitive matches, and then when he hits his move, he's hitting his move, and he's hitting the Powerbomb Symphony. That's okay, because I expect Wardlow to maybe be a step ahead and to make that a little bit different. And you do have so much more talent on the men's side um, with guys that can more believably give him 50-50 offense, but I look at Jay Cargo and I'm like, I don't think there's anybody on that roster right now. The eyeball test. Right. And it's it's it's, you know, a bit insulting, which AW does pretty well, like with Moxley and Danielson. Like the size difference came into play several times. Um 
with Kingston and Jericho, the style difference came up several times and Jericho had to change his style up. That was cool. Um, I need and want to see that from the AW TBS champion, Jay Cargill, and her competition. She's, she's unique and she looks different from everybody else and she is different from everybody else. So, like, why is she having the same matches as everybody else? Beats me. That's a very, a very interesting point. And we'd love to hear you guys' points as well. Uh, let us know on Twitter, at VC on North South. Let us know via email at viewerschoicepodcast at gmail.com. Well, let us know in the notes section on the North-South Connection pod, uh, Podbean feed if you care to. Um, before we get out of here, uh, you got an MVP of the night. Yeah, I mean, I think my MVP of the night, um, I'm going to go Orange Cassidy. He was really the glue, I thought, of the ladder match. Um, one of the better single ladder match performances, if you're just going to isolate uh, ladder match performances over the last decade plus. Um, ladder matches are tough because, like, what can you do that hasn't been done? And they're run so frequently. But he did several things I've never seen before in a ladder match, and they all made sense. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give it to my man, OC. My MVP is going to be the man who set the night off right on on Revolution. It's going to the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. Holla. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. A, a strong victory over the big one, the influencer, the demo god, the, the champion, the pain maker, Chris Jarrett, whatever you want to call him. Y2J. Still still Y2J to me, dang it. Um, but, uh, of course, as always, everything is up to, up to you guys. We just give you the the tools, the opportunities to, to pick and choose your battles That's when right. watching these uh, latest pay-per-views. Um, next up for us is a big one. That's right. Two-night spectacular bonanza. The most barniest <laughs> two-night WrestleMania of all time. Uh, WrestleMania Barney. Live from the Big D in Dallas. Uh, it's WrestleMania 38. Uh, live from Jerryland. And um, we will be here to cover both nights. That's right. That's right. We'll give you night one. We'll give you night two. And it's going to be fun. It was absolutely a blast getting back into the saddle with you. Um, and before we go, quick hit style. All right. the car, quick hit. King Jericho. Must watch. Must watch. Uh, uh, three-way tag match. I'd watch it. Yeah, watch. Uh, face of the Revolution ladder match. Watch. Watch. Uh, Cargill t- uh, Conte. I'd watch it. I'd hit skip. Uh, Punk MJF. I'd watch. I'd hit skip. Uh, Baker, Thunder Rosa. Skip it. Skip. Moxley Danielson. Oh, must watch. Cosine. Uh, six Man Tornado tag team match. That was good chaos. That was watch. I'd hit skip. And Hangman Page, Adam Cole. I would hit skip. I would hit skip as well. That's us. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you absolutely can. I'm at Not the Toolman on Twitter, at the Wrestling Speakeasy for Marcus. If you know, you know. Uh, if you want to hear more of Marcus here on the North-South Connection, him and uh, one of the pod fathers of the North-South Connection, JT, like to give you some wrestling above replacement. Looking through the rest, the lens of WWE pay-per-views in seasonal style formats and trying to determine uh, which pay-per-views are 
actually good and actually bad compared to their peers. Uh, right now, I believe you are in the midst of... 1999. 1999. Right. So we're doing the 99-2000 season. Uh, Cash Money Records taking over from the 99 to the 2000s. That's right. La- uh, last episode that dropped was the first one of the new season. So, uh, good time to jump in if you haven't listened to that yet. Um, we've got Backlash and No Can Mercy we... UK yep. is the first uh, first episode for the 99-2000 season, so that means we got uh, King of the Ring and I think Fully Loaded coming up next. Sounds good to me. Months, but uh, yeah, that's what I got. Tim, you also podcast. What do you got going on, buddy? Of course, as we met, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, Marcus and I uh, are going to be reigniting Final Wrestling Place on the soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Uh, it's where Marcus and I will take the nouns of professional wrestling and uh, assign them red points and green points and put them in either the good place or the bad place. We have a fantastic idea on how exactly to get back into the swing of things. Um, It's going to be fun, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy the ride with us. Um, Also, here on the North-South Connection, as I mentioned, there's so many other podcasts to listen to, including a podcast that drops every day, Cronoso, where the entire family of podcast uh get together and we are breaking down the history of wwe big events match by match starting with wrestlemania one and leading all the way until the end of whenever because i don't think we'll ever fully catch up and and be ahead unless vince mcmahon and the wwe cease to exist today but that's not going to happen at least got another year i guess at least so Be on the lookout for us. Thank you so much for joining us here. And until WrestleMania, remember, the choice is yours.